Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thanks, George and Michelle and Zach. Come on, why don't we thank the guys? It's not easy. It's not easy. I love George's energy. My goodness. Oh, George, George do you ever sleep? No. No. Oh, I love it. You just keeps going. Love it. You need to be around energetic people. Come on, if you're a little bit more of a serious, melancholic person, you need a George in your life. Come on. Amen. Well, so good to have you here this morning. Why don't you take your seat? I'm excited to uh, bring the word this morning. And, uh, you know, I never take this lightly. It's not uh, an easy task. I remember um, well, not long ago just catching up with some girlfriends and we were chatting and, uh, you know, they said, oh, you make it look so easy getting up and preaching and speaking in front of, in front of people. And I said, oh, I might make it look easy. I said, but I, I, I call it an honour, but I get nervous. I get anxious. And that's a good thing because I need to rely on his strength and bring his words, not my words. Amen. So I want to ask you to help me bring the word this morning. I, I always are prayerful with the word that I bring. I don't ever want to just say what I feel, but I want to say what God is saying and uh, to speak a word in season and hopefully uh, that it touches your heart today. That is always my prayer as I'm preparing, as I'm in the word of God and God gives me a word, I say, God, I pray that it will just penetrate through the hearts of your people today. You know, I know that we as Christians, you might have been uh, in church for 20 years, 40 years, maybe 10 years, maybe one year, but we can always grab something new and fresh every time we come into the house of God. Amen. And, and I encourage you, every time you walk into these doors, just don't come in out of routine or religious act, but say, God, what can you say to me today? What do you want to say? What do you want to uh, un- unveil to me today? Amen. So I'm excited to bring the word. And uh, this morning, I, I really felt to preach a, re- a word on armed and ready. And I feel like it's quite a, uh, a timely word that the, the world we live in today and uh, the, the times that we are entering in, that we need to be armed and ready as believers and Christians and that we need to be praying and believing that we see more and more people come to Christ and understand what it is to be armed and ready. And I had this, uh, this picture of a bodybuilder. Okay, so you know bodybuilders, they have pretty fierce muscles, right? And, um, you know, when they're performing and doing that, my husband has got pretty fierce muscles. Flex, but no. Um, and, uh, you know, when the, the bodybuilders are in their comps and they do all their poses and their flexes and, you know, they sculpt their body however it is and you sort of look and you think, wow, where's mine? <laughs> Don't have much here. But I read this quote and... Um, uh, this person said to a bodybuilder, what do you use all those muscles for outside of, you know, like your flexing in your competitions? And he said, nothing really else. And uh, that person said, well, what a waste to have all that muscle and not use it for anything else. And this brings me to this scripture in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, the armour of God. And this is what my uh, message is based around today. So are you ready? Come on. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the, the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore... 
Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your, your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I declare it fearlessly as I said. This was the the words of Paul. And when I read this scripture, I think about the spiritual armour, but are we using it? It's here, but are we using the armour? Just like that bodybuilder, that, you know, that woman said, what else do you use those muscles for? Not really anything else. And I believe as, as, as Christians, we have the armour of God that's freely given to us, but are you using it? And I want to break down uh, this scripture. So firstly, Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now here Paul addresses your battle is in the spiritual realm and that's where our fight must be, not in the physical. And I think we naturally look at the physical, don't we, and go, well, that's what I'm battling with. Yes, that's what we see, but it's a spiritual battle. And when we actually understand that, and we actually take the equipment, the armour that God gives us, we can actually fight and we can see the victories that we are believing for. Amen? The good news is that here he tells us to stand firm because Jesus has already gotten the victory. Jesus has already gotten the victory before ahead of time. But he wants us to trust him. He wants us to armour up and fight those battles but put him centre and front. Amen? Not do it alone. So if you are addressing the physical spiritually, you won't get the victories you're needing. And if we don't address the cause, we won't get the cure. Now I was thinking about many, many years ago before um, we had kids and Christian got really, really sick. And we had, it was our fifth wedding anniversary. We did Saved Up. We did a trip overseas. We had the best time. But halfway through our trip, we got really, really sick. And that wasn't fun. But anyway, we got that sorted. And he ended up developing a condition called alopecia, if anyone knows that, where his hair started falling out. So we got some treatment. We dealt with the symptoms and uh, it sort of fixed it for a time, but then the symptoms kept coming back. But it wasn't until we actually dealt with the, the, the issue and we got the cure. We didn't just deal with the symptoms. We dealt with the issue and we got the cure. Hear what I'm saying? So we move on to uh, verse 13. It says, Therefore put on the armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after that do everything to stand. You know, God has given us 
equipment to see what's happening in the physical through his spiritual eyes. And I want to break this down. And in verse 14, it goes on to say, Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So here is the first thing, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Now, God's armour begins with the belt of truth. Now, what is that? This is a piece of armour, which is the centrepiece that, we, uh, uh, that which holds the rest of the armour together, and that belt is the truth of Jesus. That's Jesus. That's the truth. That's the centrepiece. Jesus is the centre of our armour. And it says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. We must make Jesus Christ the Lord of my of our lives. And I've said this so much. You know, when you people ask Jesus into their heart, we get saved. But then so many people don't cross over that threshold to make him the Lord of their life. It's like, yep, I'm saved. I have him in my life. But I know as Amanda has said uh, a few weeks back, um, that she quoted a John a Jay quote when he preached a, a brilliant message at a conference we went to. It's like we ask Christ into our life, then we go and put him into a cupboard and just pull him out when we need him. Yeah? He is the way, the truth, and the life. Putting on God's armour stand, stands by giving our lives to Jesus every day. Not just on a Sunday, but every day. Worshipping him, dying to our own agendas. Uh, and, um, you know, giving everything, our preconceived ideas and plans, knowing that he's the one who fits us for the battle. He's the one that fits us for the battle to get through this life. Amen? And the second piece of armour is the breastplate breast of righteousness. And the Lord would have, would have us guard our hearts. Our hearts are the wellsprings of life. And out of the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks. His desire is that you and I would hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we would taste and see that he is good. And it quotes it so beautifully in Matthew 5. It says, "Blessed are the, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalm 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And I actually went and uh, just found the definition of righteousness. And in human standards, it, said, it defines it as the quality of being morally true. But in the spiritual meaning of righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, including character, conscience, conduct, and command. I love that. Now we go down to verse 15 and 16. It says, And with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the second thing here is feet fitted and shield of faith. What does that look like? That we are ready for action moving in sync with the Holy Spirit, that we will be prepared in season and out of season, it says in 2 Timothy. The shield of faith extinguishes the flaming arrows. Our faith is so important. We can say it, but where's your faith? Do you believe it? 
He can do the impossible. We believe he is more powerful than anything that the enemy can throw at us. Do you actually believe that today? I want you to ask yourself that question because I have to ask that my, myself that question. And my husband asks that question of me quite regularly when I met when my emotions and I'm like looking at the physical and what's going on. He goes, do you have faith, babe? Yeah, I do. I just need to get it off my chest and have a cry. And all the women said, Amen. You know, back back in the day, so Paul actually describes that the shields, the, the shields that they had back then were like six feet tall. But hear this, I love this, but they were designed to lock into other shields so that it, uh, so that one important way they could use the shields of faith to lock shields with other believers. So not they're just standing alone, but they're standing together. They are ready and armed together in the battle. So it's not just you're fighting your own battle, but we're fighting this together, that we lock our shields together, that they are six feet, they are 12 feet high, that you are not alone, that you can actually stand with your brother and your sister and go, we can fight this together, you're not alone, amen. And then we go down to verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is the sword of of the spirit. I love what Jenny and Vincent shared around the offering. They they got a word from the word of God. That was the sword that they could hold on to and have faith that it was all going to work out. They declared the word of God. We must not guard our hearts, only just guard our hearts, but we are to guard our minds as well with the helmet of salvation that's been freely given. Now that we have put on the armor of God, we now pick up the sword of the spirit. All the armour has been mostly defensive in nature, but now we take up the sword, the word of God, and we attack. The word of God, your Bible that might be sitting on your bedside table getting a bit dusty is your sword. If you look at it like that, it's not just words. It's not just another book. It is the word of God. It is your sword. Someone needed to hear that today. And it says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And we need to grab the word of God. Speak it out, declare it, put it on your wall. I remember when Zach was going through uh, just, you know, many, many years ago, going through a bit of a situation in his little life and I would get scriptures and I would print them out and I would put it on his wall. Now, I had to be honest, guys, I had actually never done that. You probably thought, oh, yeah, you do that. No, I had actually never printed out scriptures and put them on the wall. I knew people did it, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it because this is Zaki's sword right now with what he's facing. It was just on his wall. And so when he'd go to bed every night, I'd just read those scriptures that were, um, you know, relatable to what he was going through. And they were just there. It's like, you know, we can have on our wall or in a, a picture frame that might say, dream big or... A day without laughter is a day wasted. We have these little slogans, you know, on our wall. 
Why not put up the Word of God on your wall when you need it? Because that is your sword. Amen? And the passage closes out in verse 18 to 20, a call to prayer. And I love this, and this is what I want to labour on. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will be fearlessly made known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. They were Paul's words. He's saying, pray for me that I will be fearless. And we need to hear those words at this time, guys, don't we? We need to pray fearless prayers. Not fearful prayers, but fearless prayers. Putting on the armour of God and taking up the sword. Paul tells us, pray in the spirit of all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. He tells us to pray for ourselves and for all the saints, but this step in preparation for our battle cannot be missed. The act of humble submission is the way we can take the hand of the Holy Spirit and partner with him in battle. Amen? In prayer, we get out of our flesh and into the spirit where the devil cannot touch us. Our armour is sealed in him. I'm going to say this again because when I read this, I love it. It said, so in prayer, we get out of our flesh, we get out of the physical, and we step into a spirit realm which the devil cannot touch. Our armour is sealed in him. And in that last uh, part of that passage, verse 18 to 20, it actually says prayer or pray five times. When we understand prayer, it changes what we pray, how we pray, whether we pray, and our expectation of what we pray. Now, I heard this, that, you know, people will pray before, you sort of pray or, or sing, I would say, a national anthem before a football game, Right? But what they're singing or what necessarily they're praying is not really necessarily relevant um, to the, the game or the situation on the field at the time. It's like sometimes our routine prayers, we pray before we eat our dinner at night. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a routine prayer. Or before we pray over our kids every night, we might have this routine prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So... Some people pray, their prayers can be like a spare tyre. They just pull it out when they need it for that emergency, but they don't really use it all the time. You know what I'm talking about. It's like a spare tyre. Not, oh, okay, I need to pray now because something's going on in my world. Now hear this. This is the power of prayer. Prayer. Earthly permission for heavenly Interference. I'm going to say it again. Earthly permission for heavenly interference. So I want you to keep that in mind when you're praying, when you're pushing through, is that as you pray here on earth, you're opening up heavenly interference to invade your situation. And that's what we need. You know, 
In 1 Kings, there's, there's a story about Elijah, Elisha. And the story of the people of Israel, some of you might obviously be familiar with this story. The people of Israel, how they had turned their backs on God and they were worshipping other gods, other things, other idols in their world. And it took one brave man, man, Elisha, to not give up and calling Israel to turn back to God. But Elisha went to great lengths to actually prove to Israel God's power over all things. And it, do you know what it required? It required Elisha to pray. What he prayed, how he prayed, and his expectation. God only promised, God promised that it wouldn't rain, but he was going to bring the rain to show his people that he was God and that he was in control. Now, Elisha had to dig deep into, into God and his promises, and it goes in, uh, it states in 1 Kings 18.41, and it says that Elisha, this is up on Mount Carmel, he's, he got down on his hands and his knees. Head between his legs in desperation, God did send rain, and Israel, Israel did turn back to him. Now here, it says, it, uh, it said Elisha got between his hands, so got on his hands and his head between his knees in desperation. Are you in desperation? Do you pray desperate prayers or do you just pray routine prayers? It's like, sorry men, but it's like when a woman is giving birth and for all those men that have witnessed their wife giving birth, because usually women don't really remember a lot, but we're labouring. It's hard work. We're like, we've got a job to do, but the, the reward at the end is great. Labour is hard work. But in prayer, it takes a fight. We have to work hard in prayer. We have to push through. But it's worth the reward and the victories that come. I really believe right now that your world needs labouring prayers. But also beyond that, your brothers and sisters need your labouring prayers. But then beyond that, our world needs our labouring prayers. Are we just going to keep standing back and listen to the fear, the narrative of the media, of the government? Or are we going to rise as believers, as Christians share, and actually go, I'm going to hear the narrative of Jesus Christ. I'm actually going to stand on the word of God and I'm going to pray fearless prayers. I'm going to pray labouring prayers, not fearful prayers. Amen? We are in a war. Church, we are in a war, but it calls us to put on the armour. The, 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 the Every bit of armour that I express today, it takes putting God centre and front and actually saying, God, I don't just put it on when I need it, but I get up every day and I put on your armour that I need. Amen. He wants, uh, he wants to know we need him. We desire him and we have faith in him. We don't just pull out a genie out of a bottle when we need him. You remember that show, Genie? Yeah. And uh, I think the guy who would like, you know, like let the lid off and Genie would pop out and she'd help him clean and, you know, like help him deal with messy situations and then he'd put Genie back in the bottle. And that's like us sometimes, hey? We just go, okay, God, I need you right now. No, he wants you to desire him. He wants you to need him. Amen? 
We ask Jesus into our lives, like I said, and then put him in a cupboard and pull him out when we need him. No, he wants to be centre of our lives every day. How easily our circumstances and our emotions and our feelings can take us out. But I want to stir us today, man and woman. I want to stir you today to live a life armed and ready so that everything that you face, you can fight. That, that you can take out and have victory over without it taking you out. And I had a picture of two people in a boxing ring, right? So one person with gloves on and another person without gloves. Now, obviously, who do you think is going to win? The person with the boxing gloves because they're armed and they're ready. And I actually had a picture this morning when I was getting ready of a people, which is Christians, the church, they don't have their armour on, they don't have their boxing gloves on, their hands are empty. They're not ready. They're not armed. And God says, church, it's time to rise. It's time to put on that armour. Do you believe the word of God? Why? Why the church? Why do you believe? Why are you a Christian? Why do you, what do you stand for? And what narrative are you hearing? Are you hearing the world's narrative of fear or God's word of faith? Can I have um, Michelle and George up? Last week I went for a walk. We've got this beautiful mountain just near our home that we look at. It's called Mount Emu. And I, uh, I walk that quite often, but I haven't walked up it for a while. And this particular afternoon... I was like, oh, I've got all these things I could do. But my spirit was grieving. And I needed to go and walk that mountain because I needed to do some fighting because I was feeling defeated. I want to ask you this question today. Are you willing to fight or live defeated? And as soon as I made that decision... I got my phone, my headphones, and I walked. It's about a 45-minute walk. I was feeling defeated as I left home. I was feeling weary. I had been for about a week. I hadn't been putting on God's armour. And it was time to put my back on his armour. And it was time to stop living defeated in my mind and my emotions and press in, push in. Fearless prayers, not fearful prayers. And I walked that beautiful mountain. I got up the top and I prayed and I declared and I poured out my heart. And as I was walking back home, I felt 10 feet tall. I felt like a different Melissa because I put on my armour. I spoke his word. I spoke faith. I spoke against fear. I spoke against worry. I spoke against anxiety. And by the time I got home, I was like, bring it on. Come on. I can fight this. I can get through this. I reject all those, those thoughts uh, that the enemy is trying to flood with negativity and with fear that you can fight your battles. Amen. And a few weeks back, and I like to share stories because I know it resonates with people and it encourages people. 
And a few weeks back, a few weeks back, our daughter Ella, she was uh, in a bit of a state, as some 16-year-old girls can be. Lots of emotion, lots of hormones. And she's got a friend who's going through a lot of stuff, but God bless Ella's beautiful heart. She's such a caring, gorgeous soul. She takes on everyone's else, everyone's else, else's issues and situations. But I was noticing over a period of time that, you know, she was taking on too much of these issues of this, this friendship with this girl. And uh, I said to Ella, please take this the right way, sweetheart. But I said, I feel like, and this was quite deep for her to hear, but it was a reality of it. And I had this opportunity to speak this into Ella's life and I said, Ella, I feel like you're taking on this spirit of panic and infirmity and anxiety. The more and more you hang around this friend of yours because you're so caring and loving, but it's affecting you and you're starting to live out your life and deal with situations in the same way. And I said, sweetheart, what you need to do and if I can encourage you to do, I said, you need to identify that. And then you need to pray and push into God and say, God, and confess, I am not going to be anxious. I am not going to be fearful. I am not going to panic in Jesus' name. And as you declare that, as you speak that out, you watch those things shift and lift off your life. And I just left her with it. She came back to me probably about a day later. She goes, Mum. You're right. She said, you are so right. That's what's got on me. That's what's been affecting me. And I need to do what you said. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Now in closing, I just want to speak this beautiful scripture. It's a long scripture. But I want to speak Psalm 91 over you as a prophetic word, as a fearless prayer, as a declaration, as a confession over your life and my life. And I want you to receive it in closing. And I want to encourage you today, put on the armour of God so that you are armed and ready every day. You can take on everything that is thrown your way, but also that you can see things through Christ's eyes not and, and, and his eyes, not just through our natural eyes. Amen. And then I want to just finish in closing. We're going to fight our battles. Battle belongs. But I want to, I want to speak this over you and I want you to lift your hands right now in this place. I want you to receive it. I want you to take it on in Jesus' name. Whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield rampant. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that flies by day, 
nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midnight. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most, most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up their hands, come on, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the caller. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for the acknowledgement acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Can I encourage you this week, take up the full armour of God. Clothe yourself in the full armour of God and let God war on your behalf. It says in Peter, it says, be self-controlled and alert because the devil, your adversary, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, listen, we're in a fight. The reality is we're in a fight. We have to fight. But if you fight, you win. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is going to be a, a, a week of breakthrough, a week of victory, a week of blessing, a week of peace, a week of the goodness of God going before you in all that you do. Amen. Amen. Father, bless your people. I thank you for them. I thank you for this amazing word that Melissa preached. I thank you that it will take root in our heart, that Lord God, it will cause strength in our spirit, man, that we will rise in faith this week, walking blessed of heaven in your mighty and wonderful name, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.